podcast with Geeks by Geeks, where our hosts talk news headlines, comics, tech, and have in-depth discussions on all things geek. Keep calm and venture into the wasteland. Well, hello, fellow podcast listener, and welcome to Geek Follow Reloaded, the news and discussion podcast for geeks by geeks. I'm your host, my name is Chris Lockhart. And joining me is my co-host in crime, Mr. Kevin Decent. How's it going, Kevin? It is going well, Chris. Um, now, we, you know, for the old man part of the show, um, we frequently discuss the weather and the differences between your weather up in Alberta and my weather in New York. And a lot of times, you know, because we're on that same path, mm-hmm. um, it's similar, but a couple days difference there. Uh, I do want to say, though, that recently, I don't know about you, but it's just been a very pleasant temperature-wise, especially for nearly the middle of, well, actually the exact middle of August, Mm -hmm. as we record. Um, I haven't had to turn on the air conditioner. I can just leave the windows and door open and just get a nice breeze. And I don't know, it must have inspired something, because it's certainly not spring as it is August, but I have been cleaning for days, like finally got that cleaning motivation, and nice. I, I have a trunk worth of stuff to donate. <laughs> Excellent. Um, yeah, the weather's been okay. Like, uh, what day was that? Saturday or Sunday? It was it was hot. Got to like twenty eight degrees C here, but um, it's been it's been decent the last few days. Um, but I I just wanted to add. Uh, Kevin and I are not alone. We have a special guest this evening. Uh, she has joined us on several of our most recent episodes, and that is Alexa. Hello, Alexa. Hello. I love the fact that you keep referring to me as special. I'm glad I'm not the only one that does that. Excellent. Um, <laughs> the, yeah, you're uh, on Star Trek Connection. Like, I know you're not a Star Trek watcher, but on Star well, Trek... I the... mean, sorry. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. Star Trek Next Generation... When Whoopi Goldberg would guest star, they always had her as special guest star. Well, so, it's Whoopi, she's amazing. Yeah, she's very so, special, right? So yeah, when we when we have uh, regular uh, guest it's stars sweet. show up, um, you know, I want to make a point of telling or saying they're a special guest star. Are you comparing me to Whoopi Goldberg and being special in this moment? For, yeah, I'm okay with it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. wouldn't, but I'm okay with this. Yeah, you're 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 the Whoopi Goldberg of our podcast. Oh, exactly. great! Yeah. <laughs> I wish I had her hair. <laughs> it is it is nice hair. Yes, it is. It's awesome. Um, but uh, so yeah, this is your first geek fallout reloaded yes. that you've been on. Uh, so thank you for joining us. I, as we were discussing just prior to recording, I think it's going to be a light episode because there really isn't a lot going on. Um, but we will endeavor to to talk about some stuff because uh, this will be the last Geek Fallout Reloaded until September. Because um, I because next week I'm taking the week off, um, and then the week after is our part two of our best of best movies of the eighties on the pop culture pub. So, uh, and then geek follow reload. It'll be early in September. Uh, but we begin the episodes, unfortunately with a segment, uh, when we need to do the segment, it's called in memoriam. Uh, so when a pop culture 
icon passes away, we always discuss that the passing of that actor, actress, or you know, who, who, writer, or whatever, um, at the beginning of an episode. So for this episode, uh, I have Mark Margolis uh, passed away at the age of 83 on Friday, August 4th. And he was the actor. He's been in a lot of different things. He was in... He was the landlord in the first Ace Ventura movie. Uh, he was on, a, on an episode of Star Trek Next Generation in the third season. But he's probably best known as playing Hector Salamanca on uh, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Um, great actor. Uh, he's the guy that pushes the, the bell. He's in the wheelchair and he, he communicates with a bell. Um, yeah, he unfortunately passed away. Uh, so, the, you know, um, he is the first in the In Memoriam segment. Um, but Kevin, you said you might have had another in memoriam person. So, um, covering the wrestling side of things, mm. uh, exotic Adrian Street passed away. Oh, okay. um, Adrian was, and and it's a. There's been a few in wrestling over the decades, mm-hmm. but um, he was a legit tough guy that could beat the hell out of anyone and they gave him a bleach blonde effeminate gimmick at a time where that absolutely was gonna get booze and certain swear words that we don't say in play company or Mm -hmm. at all yeah directed at him for years but he did his job very well he was a great bad guy he made a ton of money doing it, and he was very happy with his life and portraying this character. And one of my favorite stories is uh, his father was a coal miner, and when he said he wanted to be a wrestler, his father said he would never make it. And when he found out about this gimmick that he was going to do, uh, that didn't go over well either. So he has this elaborate photo shoot where he's got his long bleach blonde hair and eye makeup and a pink robe. And he does a photo shoot in the coal mine with his dad and all of the co-workers. Hmm. Just as a big middle finger to them all. Yeah. It's incredible. There's a real good documentary on Peacock called, uh, what is it? Wait till you get a load of me or something like that. Mm. Just talking about his history. So, like Chris for our age group, um, like absolutely gold dust would have been inspired by Adrian Street. Oh, okay. Um so how old was he when he when he passed? I believe he was in his eighties. Oh, that's a good run. Yeah. Especially for a wrestler. Yeah. Hmm. Uh let me double check here. No, not eight what the hell is that? Well that well that's unfortunate that you know, two great villains or bad guys in pop culture passed away recently. He was trying to get up here. 82. Oh, wow. Yeah, and Mark Margolis was 83. Well, which is still a a good run. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. 
I was going to say 83, you know, in this day and age is the way I see it, especially the last, you know, 10 years, not a whole lot of people are making it to 90. No. Yeah. So, you know, to, to make it past 80, I think is a, is a good thing. Yeah. And I mean, when you, when you look at the list of movies that, and I mean, bits and TV series he's done, he had a long list. He lived a very decent, you know, career life, let's say. And I mean, quote unquote, decent, like he did some big things. <laughs> oh yeah. You're, you're, you're uh, Mark Margolis. Yeah. He Mark. Did. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mark. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Cause didn't he do, um, Scarface as well? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's been in a lot of different. Yeah, uh, like, yeah. yeah. I always have a hard time, so depending on who it is, you know, putting a face to the name of an actor because <laughs> I know them by their characters, of course, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, certain ones, and so I just looked up his face. I'm like, man, he did a lot of things. I know who this guy is. <laughs> yeah, he he was yeah definitely one of those actors that was in a lot of different things. Yeah, and um, you know. Really, yeah, his, honestly, I think the end of his career, like the Breaking Bad stuff, that's when he really got, um, you know, the name recognition kicked in. Um, because, yeah, he was fantastic on Breaking Bad. And then they brought him back yeah. for the prequel series. And, yet, yeah, you know, in Breaking Bad, he was just, you know, in the wheelchair, you know, uh, hitting the bell. And in Better Call Saul, we actually get to see how he ended up in that chair. Like it was, Which I it, thought was a very cool touch. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, it, you know, seeing him, you know, healthy and 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 active at the beginning of um, Better Call Saul was very interesting. It was, you know, yeah. awesome, awesome arc. But yeah. Um, yeah, so both of these gentlemen will be missed. Um. All right. So for the next segment, um, we have our news segment. And, uh, Alexa, we were talking about, uh, Facebook prior to recording mm -hmm. and, and, and getting our news from them. Um, so Kev, I don't know if you know this, but in Canada, there's politics are creeping into our social media. So Alexa, if, if you could elaborate what, what, what I'm talking about. Okay. So it kind of, the conversation kind of started off in, you know, me saying, you know, I don't know a whole lot of news stuff because I haven't had cable TV in 20 years now, maybe a little bit more, let's say 22 years. Um, so I, you know, online was my news outlet, you know, if something happened or something, mm -hmm. you know, was of, of significant importance, I would see it scrolling through Facebook or someone would send me a message or share a post or a link. And we can't do that in Canada anymore because there's a new bill that was put out that it all it all comes down to the media not getting the the clicks they need on their actual website that they're putting all this money into and they're not getting anything back to essentially is is my understanding of it. Mm -hmm. And so what our government has done is made it so that any link or news article cannot be shared unless it's directly on that website. So like if I right now and it's coming into play, if I search in Google, you know, say CTV news, you know, and then a certain article, 
it will not give me the link to that article. I have to actually go directly to the CTV News website in order to access it. So they're pushing, you know, the the apps directly for the news, whether it be, you know, CTV, CBC, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, and, it, and it recently came to light for me more so that they started doing this because I was reading an article um, that someone else had shared. And it was an international article. And I went to share it after it had, you know, bumped me into the Canadian article and Facebook wouldn't allow me to share it because it was Canadian news source. I am no longer allowed to share it. That means if I can send it through, you know, instant message, then that works. But I can't actually share it to the page. So now all of this, you know, news of new movies, any anything aside from, um, I believe, emergency services um, will not be able to be seen on any kind of social media. Which is huge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's huge. It's going to be a big turning point here in Canada. So, yeah. Uh, If you get some Canadian news come up on your page, you send it to me in an instant message. Okay, Kevin? (laughs) Um, Yeah, because we won't be able to see it otherwise. Yep. Uh, I know something similar happened in Australia like a few years ago. And they, they were able to resolve it because... Um, they did make a deal to, to do this, um, but it's just, I don't know. I'm just so conflicted. It, it's it's I, a... Yeah, I think they're still in talks with that, but then it means that Facebook and Google and Twitter or whatever it's called now, X, <clears throat> yeah. um, will have to pay dividends to whoever those news sources are, yeah. which is going to be really tough. Yeah. Yeah, basically, yeah. And, and and so yeah, basically, these uh, news sources uh, went to the government and was like, you know, we want you to make the, you know, Meta and Google and all these other companies pay us uh, yeah. because they're sharing our content, and it's just so annoying because if anything, they're promoting them. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But I mean, it makes sense on their side as well because the you know the the that funnel so to say is not going through their website. It's yeah. going to these short little blurbs that you know someone else posted or shared. It's not going to their website. So I get it in that sense. But like there has to be a better way to go about this. Yeah. Well, and and that's the thing. Like um, up in Canada, uh, I know. Like our news sources are hurting big time. Mm-hmm. Like CTV just like i don't know like a month or two ago laid off like a bunch of their big correspondents that they used to use uh for their for their national news um because yeah i guess they were just paying them too much and they and they needed to you know free up some lower revenue. the wages some yeah. yeah just like all the newspapers you know like the newspapers going away i know um there was oh yeah one one of our uh, local columnists in Edmonton, one of our like big sports writers for uh, the Edmonton Sun, he got laid off this earlier this year, and it was kind of sh- shocking in a way because this guy's like a staple for that newspaper. Like uh, his name's Terry. One of those that have been around forever, right? Yeah, his name's Terry yeah. Jones, and and like yeah, he covered. Um, the, the Edmonton Eskimos, he covered the Edmonton Oilers. He, he's written books about the Oilers. Um, and then, yeah, they were just like, 
see you. Like we can't afford you anymore. And 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 it's crazy because like I know like uh, where I'm at um, that you can't even get the Edmonton Sun anymore. Like they don't even deliver it out here anymore. So. See, I think you can still get the paper here. So, you know, Saskatoon, we've got the Star <laughs> Phoenix. Um, and you can still get the paper here, but it's way more expensive than what it used to be. Mm, yeah. I mean, like, I want to say like tenfold compared to what it was because mm-hmm. they were pushing digital. But then digital, you still needed a subscription for. Yep. So it's like, you know, again, if you're putting it all digital... You don't have to print all that paper. You don't have to use that ink, and it takes way less people to do it. So why am I still paying as much as I would be for the previous paper subscription cost? Yeah. yeah. I get it. You know, inflation's a thing, but still. Yeah, that's one of those weird conundrums. Like, Kevin and I know about that with comic books. Mm-hmm. Because... You know, like you pay the same amount for a digital comic book typically as if it was a print comic book. And to me, it's which just, I think is just crazy. Yeah, if anything, it should be cheaper because you don't have to pay. Yeah, the paper costs, the printing costs. You don't have to pay delivery costs. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but anyway, Kev, what, as an outsider uh, looking in, what are your thoughts on on this? Okay, so many. <laughs> He's been patiently waiting. Have you been taking notes too? I should have. Aw. <laughs> I should have. Um So the the thing is it's the paying for the content. Mm-hmm. Now every social media has certain people that have built up an audience and have a viral following and that has now become those people's jobs. You know, just put up a you know a good amount of tweets or TikToks or, or YouTube clips or whatever it might be, daily, weekly, whatever your schedule is, mm-hmm. and create enough revenue, and that's your job. And you get paid based on the amount of people that see your content that are on that service. But those are specifically called as content creators. Right. And the whole point is all these social medias want people to stay on their social media longer. Mm-hmm. So if you are an engaging personality, that means people be on here longer. So we will pay you money for it. And it keeps them on our app longer. They never included media like newspapers as part of that. Now, really there's no difference. Those are content creators as well. Yeah. It's a different sort of content than like, Hey, here's a stupid goofy thing I did. Well, come watch, you know, it's a different thing, but it's still content. Mm-hmm. So they should have been paid for like, Hey, here's the Facebook page for, you know, CanadaNews.com. And here's our big article on, like, you know, uh, a scandal going on. Okay, if that gets me onto Facebook to look at that, and then I click the link, that CanadaNews.com, I'm just making stuff up, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, like, CanadaNews.com should be paid no different than any other content creator. Yeah. I created this content, which got you on Facebook, and you watch, clicked, whatever, so I should get something for it. Mm-hmm. And your your news media is dying, and yep. it's going to be really scary because your news media, especially smaller town ones, are the ones that find corruption and break stories and protect us all. 
Exactly. And they got less and less people and less and less people on it. And this is how you get certain people taking advantage of it and only putting out their versions of stories and their version of the truth, big air quotes there, that lead us into more trouble. Um, but for the newspapers, okay, we have less people, which means we have less revenue. But what's also happening, more newspapers than TV, but in both, but I've just seen it tenfold in newspapers, mm-hmm. is now the quality drops too. Mm-hmm. So it's, hey, look, I would really like to get a subscription to your paper. I would really like to support you. I'm a big proponent of supporting, you know, the the news media and journalists and all. But this thing you're handing me is crap. You know, like the paper's terrible. The ink's terrible. This is a poorly written article. Do you have an editor working there anymore? I can write better than this. And you're the one getting paid for it. And out of this, like, you know, however big the newspaper is, most of this is national feed that you guys didn't write that I saw yesterday. Mm -hmm. So what am I paying for? Yeah, you're basically just retelling the story that somebody else already wrote. In yes. a worse way. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. like, um, part-time, uh, my part-time thing is I'll, um, I'm work over at Barnes & Noble as well as my full-time job. And I do the magazines there. Mm-hmm. So I know how to go through and find everything and rotate them. And here's a new issue and pull the old issue, stuff like that. Now, some of them, um, like your, your tabloid uh, celebrity ones, those are fluff. They're absolute junk. I wouldn't even call that news. No. Your bridal magazines um, are like, it's all pictures. It's like 10 bucks for a stack of pictures. Like there's nothing to read in them. Um. But then I have certain magazines of like horror and cult things that I'm like, okay, this magazine cost me $15, but it's 200 pages of text. Like it's going to take me days to go through all of this. Mm-hmm. It's worth spending the extra money. If I got a newspaper in my area that was like, hey, here's a bunch of stuff about restaurants in the area. Here's interviews with interesting people. Here's what's going on today. Here's what's happening and all. Like, if it was an actual, you know, lots of content there, I'd be like, I am absolutely paying for this every day. Thank you for providing me. Especially with the way, and Facebook's the worst for it. Twitter, you know, you can adjust some things. Mm -hmm. But Facebook's the worst. Oh, here's this event that took place five days ago, but this is the first time I saw a post about it. Yes. Mm-hmm. I would yeah. have liked to have gone if I knew about it five days ago. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of late now though. You know, um, but if it was in the news, Oh shit. I, I just found out about it. I will go to this. Mm-hmm. I will have fun at it. You know, that's how papers were. Yep. And to just block it is ridiculous. The only reason it's blocked is because these social media companies don't want to shell out more money. Yeah. Yep. But rich billion dollar companies didn't get to be billion dollar companies by handing people money or by being noble. That's just yeah. the game of it, unfortunately. Yep. Um, and and I, of course we all wish it wasn't, which was more noble. But no, none of them are noble at all. <laughs> it's just no. it's just not going to happen. Um, 
And, you know, I was thinking, like, well, if you're blocking the news, then how are people going to find the news? And it's like, well, people found the news well before social media. You you know, in mm-hmm. the States, usually the national news, you know, uh, your local news is on at 6 and your national news is on at 6.30 for all the networks. Yeah. You know, uh, you the paper, depending on the town you live on, you live in is either delivered first thing in the morning or by the time you're home from work. If it's a nine to five, you know, yeah, either get the early edition or the late edition. And then, you know, all the stuff and, the, and that's the thing. Everyone knew what was going on and could learn and figure stuff out and all. But we've moved away from that. Like the yes. stuff we're going to talk about in here. OK, let me go on Google and make. All right, let me look up the recent celebrity deaths and the obituaries so I can remember stuff. Mm-hmm. I I didn't go to my local newspaper service for any of this. No, because well, they wouldn't normally have it, right? Ex- exactly, They're, and you're limited with how much you can, yeah, with how much information you can even have and and stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially um, a lot of the newspapers were more local news, right? Quote unquote, local and national, and that's it. Yeah. And well, then you it, might have a really small blurb of like, you know, world news, but it's not usually very big. No, and for us, we'll have like um, Associated Press is like most of the local paper. Mm-hmm. So here's your local news, which you got a couple local reporters, and the rest is all your AP feed. Um, but unfortunately, the AP feed you're getting it after the fact, anyways. So it's like mm-hmm. I already know all this. Like yeah. if I'm buying a paper. At this point, it's because I already know an article that is in here, and I want that article for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a, a lot of um, you know, a lot of people uh, will buy uh, new newspapers like after a major death, you know, um, celebrity, politician death, something like that. Um, everyone bought papers uh, after nine eleven, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but other than that, I'm like. Okay, I'm not worried about it. Like, you know, people might, oh, oh, the newspaper was at my kid's school and they took pictures, so I'm going to buy a couple of papers, so I got pictures of my kid. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's it, and that's not news, and that's not relevant information, really. Yeah. Like, what's that doing for anyone? I mean, I mean, as far as, like, you've lost the ability to find the news on the social media. Well, and even on Google. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, most of it is just not going to fill in for it. Um, and, and, I mean, if I want to go, like, dark with everything, geez, when we limit access to news and facts and information to people and make people either have to pay for it or just eliminate it altogether and then say, well, you can get it otherwise, all right, but your local newspaper sucks and you can't get your um, – local news off of an antenna anymore unless you want to go out and buy a digital antenna and mess around with that so you got to buy more things to get what you previously got for free god it's almost like there's people higher up than us controlling what information we're able to mm, see almost mm-hmm. hey almost so yeah weird. yeah well and see that's the thing so like so for my my local news directly you know so i would normally go to Facebook and it was great, especially because, you know, if there was something breaking or, you know, uh, anything like anything such, it would be immediately posted. Mm -hmm. Right. And then you'd see it in the paper, you know, the next day, but it would be immediately posted and it would be posted before the local news or the national news on TV, right. The actual news broadcast Yeah. because it was of interest and it was immediate and that's how they got the attention. 
But right now, if I go to my local news station's Facebook page, it doesn't even link to their direct website anymore. Really? Everything is shut down. There is no posts available. You get the phone number and the email address, and that is it. All of their old posts are gone. Like, everything is gone. It's all blocked. Yeah. And the only response is it's people in Canada can't see this content. In response to Canadian government legislation, news content can't be viewed in Canada. Whereas if you went and searched it, you could find it. Oh, I mean, I'm sure something's coming. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked that the United States wasn't the one to be shady first. Well, that, yeah. yeah. We, we usually are. Um. <laughs> not to not to you know agree there with you but i agree there with you <laughs> yeah, yeah we're usually the shady ones right out of the, the gate there um yeah. and i mean like honestly social media any of it works best as a way of networking and connecting yes yeah. like chris and i got here from social media like, oh, we're both mm-hmm. blogging, we're both interested in a lot of same things, we get along well, let's talk. A lot of my other writing and blogging and YouTubing friends and all, this is all social media. Yeah. I've met a couple, but, you know, like maybe 5% of the amount that I talk to on a regular basis, I've actually had the pleasure to meet mm-hmm. in real yeah. life. Yeah. And that's what social media was supposed to be, was a way to connect all that. But then it became this way of manipulation and control and spinning information and so many other companies getting involved in with it it's like okay i still want it for the good things mm-hmm. but i don't want it anymore for the bad things yeah and like facebook at this point is a combination of my class yearbook and the phone book it's like yep. okay i i feel like I feel it's necessary for me to just acknowledge that I exist and I'm out there in the world and here's how you can find me, you know, just flip through and here's my address, you know, phone number, but it's my Facebook instead. Yeah. And yeah, just... where I can control who wants to, who can get a hold of me and who can't, mm-hmm. not just my number in a phone book. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just waiting for Twitter to die at this point, but I'm not signing up for another thing until I know which thing won. Yeah. Like, at this point, this is like buying Blu-ray and HD DVDs at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'll wait till one dies and one survives, and then I'll make my decision, spend my money or time or create an account or whatever I have to do. Yeah. Yep. Totally. All right. This was a good discussion. Um <laughs> But yeah, it's just so so frustrating. It it it's very reminiscent of um, like in in Canada when the government started making like the streaming platforms charge GST. Yes, that really annoyed me. But at yeah. the same time, it's like eh, I guess like it was just nice not having to pay. you know something that wasn't being taxed. But of course, the government if they could tax anything, they're going to they're yeah. Going to. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Um, anyway, uh, the other news item that I had um, was, uh, yeah, the, one of the reasons why it's so quiet out there is because of this uh, strike that's going on in uh, Hollywood, which affects, you know, productions in Canada. 
yeah, entertainment as a whole. In general, yeah. Yeah, because it started as a writer's strike, and now the actors are involved. Uh, because I guess they weren't getting enough attention during the strike, so they want some <laughs> attention. Um, I just, uh, like, when, like, uh, Fran Drescher, I like Fran Drescher. But, I do, too. But she's the president of the, of is it SAG? Or what, whatever, like, the the actors. And, you know, they, she talks about being victimized and all this other stuff. And I'm, I'm just, like, are you really, though, like... You know, I, 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 it's for me. I mean, probably to a certain extent. Like, there's no doubt. Like the the streaming services like Netflix, Disney yeah. uh, Plus are known. Uh, yeah, yeah Disney, Disney Plus. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and all these other ones, um, you know, like they're not sharing their numbers, right? So they're definitely keeping some revenue from the actors. Oh yeah. Yeah. And the for writers. Sure. And I get that. But at the same time, you know, this reminds me so much of like when the NHL was on strike or the or the base, you know, uh, Major League Baseball. Millionaires fighting with billionaires. It's hard to feel sympathetic to either of them. Um, Because like the millionaires, which in this case would be the actors, you know, are, are all, you know, all living in mansions. You know, they're they're. They got a pretty sweet life. Um, and the billionaires are billionaires because of, you know, they're business people. Um, and you, and like Kev was saying, you know, you don't get to be, you know, a billionaire or whatever without, you know, being, a, you know, a nice person and giving away all your, your money. Right. Um, so yeah, in this in this dogfight, it's it's hard for me to feel sympathetic to any of them, even the writers. Like like no offense to the writers, but you knew what you were signing up for. Like you knew what you were getting into, you know. Um, and if you don't like your job, go get a different job. You know, like I'm 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 sorry, but I just I don't know. I'm a little jaded, I guess. Um, <laughs> Like Star Trek, like uh, going off on a little tangent here. Star Trek: Strange New Worlds just did a musical episode, and I'm just shaking my head. I'm going, why? Why did you guys do a musical episode? You know, like you're just flushing this my beloved franchise even further down the toilet. You know, like I thought, you know, like with Star Trek: Picard season three, they took a step forward, and I was like, yes, you know, finally we're you know getting some good Star Trek. But then they take two steps back. They do a musical episode. They do a animated crossover episode. Ugh. Maybe they're doing it just to see what the ratings are going to be. Well, I well the I and know, which direction they're going to take it. But in my mind, there's only one direction you can take it, and that's Star the Star Trek direction. Like, um, I don't like. So uh, you're saying Star Trek can't be a musical? Yes, I, I am. Yes. Why? There's just certain things you can't make, that you shouldn't make into a musical. Like, um, I'll, I'm trying to think of another TV show. Like Breaking Bad. If Breaking Bad did a musical episode, that like that would have been the end of Breaking Bad. Like, no one would have taken it seriously after that. I don't know. I think it would have been totally up the alley for Breaking Bad to do a musical episode. <laughs> <laughs> 
saying, because, you know, they could throw that whole twist on there that, that you know, it was the effect of whatever and then throw it back to reality, right? Yeah, and, like, I know in Star Trek, like, there was some sci-fi reason why they were doing musical, but at the same time, I'm like, come on, guys. So, but, so if, and I don't know if it already exists, but say Star Trek was turned into a Broadway play, would you go see it? No. Just, just because you don't like musicals? No, no, I, I, I love, I love a good musical. Like, I love, like, Grease is one of my favorite musicals. Yes, amazing, but that started off as a musical. That, that's the thing, like, because they did a Spider-Man musical a few years ago. Right. And I and I'm a Spider-Man fan, but I would okay. ne- I I ne- had no interest in going to see a musical version of Spider-Man, like none. Okay, so okay, so for instance, um, you've seen uh, I I would assume that you've seen the old Matilda movie. You know, Roald uh, Dahl's Matilda, the old one, like from when Dan- we were probably kids. Danny DeVito, Rhea Perlman. Yes. Yeah. And they just re-released it as a musical version with Tim Minchin as the writer of a lot of the music. Okay. I don't know if you know who Tim Minchin is. No. Okay, so Tim Minchin is a musical genius. He is a comedic, satirical writer based... He's from Australia, but he pretty much lives in the UK. And uh, he's been banned from a lot of... Um, you know, BBC news network things and whatnot from for guesting appearing on, you know, their late night TV shows because of how satirical his content is. Okay. Now it's spot on and it's hilarious, but he is like musical genius in the sense that this man knows everything you can know about music. He's got like this insane mind. Um, the, I, I, I mean, I don't want to compare him to like the Mozart of today, but he's along that level, okay? And okay. he wrote all of this music along with another person that he went to music school with mm-hmm. in this Roald Dahl musical. Now, I I may have a biased opinion. I love musicals. But having seen the original Matilda movie, I was very excited for it to be turned into a musical. Okay. Yeah. Now I have friends who have seen it that you know don't like musicals. And they're like, you know what? I kind of like this better as a musical than the original without being a musical. So that's why I ask if, you know, if you'd see if, if Star Trek was turned into a musical of any sort, right. Um, you know, say just, for instance, say just the life of Picard was turned into a musical, uh, you know, the trials and tribulations that he faced throughout his years was turned into a musical. Would you go see that? Maybe like the, like I, like it's nothing against musicals, but uh, I, but maybe it, that's it, what I'm saying is maybe they're trying to see and gauge the audience reaction to if they want to do something like that in the future. Oh yeah, there's they definitely wanted to do that, and like I know, like the big inspiration for the writers because that's why I went on this tangent um, <laughs> was uh, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer musical episode because that because that was like a big yeah. influence on those writers. Totally. And and I'm and I, like I understand that, but to have it be part of Star Trek proper, kind of, like I I wouldn't mind if they did it in addition to Star Trek, like you know, like 
we're going to do the Star Trek musical. It's not canon, but, you know, we're doing this. Right. I'd, I'd be okay with that. Like, sure. You know, I'd, I'd give it a chance. But my... So, again, tangent. Um, my issue with Star Trek Strange New Worlds uh, as a series is the title is Strange New Worlds. And they don't go to any Strange New Worlds. They always go to the same... Like, it's either Earth or Vulcan that we see things that we've already seen before. They only get like 10 episodes a season and they spend one doing like a crossover with their animated show. Um, so it's like a comedy. And now they're spending one of those episodes as a musical. And it's like, I'm just frustrated. It's like, guys, your title is strange new worlds. I want to see some strange new worlds. I want to see something we haven't seen before. Right. But they're not doing that. They're just, because, uh, like, they just, I don't know. They're not really good writers, I guess. But, I mean, <laughs> the musical episode, I like, if you want to do a musical, I'm all for it. Um, like, uh, f for example, uh, Les Mis. You know, it's a yep. musical. But it's also not a musical. Like, if, if you've ever uh, read the book or what, uh, they did a really good movie I want to say 98 with Liam Neeson um, and uh, Jeffrey Rush. Yeah. And I think Claire... Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Yep. Yeah, that was a fantastic movie. It was. Yeah. But do you... And so, had, so have you seen the musical of it? I, I've seen the stage musical. I haven't seen the one with... Is it... No, who's in that one? Is it Hugh Jackman? No. Uh, no. No. That's the magician, right? Or not the magician? Oh, yeah, something like that. Greatest, greatest Great, showman. Yeah, Great, greatest, greatest showman. That's the one. <laughs> but I, I haven't seen the movie musical of Les Mis because then they just do one like within the last ten years. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen that one, but I, 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 I've seen the stage one, and and I mean, like I, like I said, I, you know, I got room for both of them. Like I can appreciate both of those, um, but. Uh, but those are standalones, right? They're not part of a series. So yeah. that's, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's tough. It, it, from, you know, the perspective of someone who doesn't know the Star Trek world, I know, shame on me. But the way I see it is they did it as kind of a test thing, like a pilot project almost. Yeah, like, yeah. To see where it's going to happen. Yeah, the, and and the, and yeah, it's definitely. And I mean, there's been music in Star Trek before, you know. Um, but I don't know. I just see now. Had they have, had they have spun it like if they went to a new world where they only spoke in song, that would have been cool. Would have made sense. Or is that what happened? I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't think so. It's oh, what do they call it? It's something Rhapsody. So it's like it's not Bohemian Rhapsody, but it's something Rhapsody. Okay. Is the name of the episode. But yeah, it's I think something so you happened. Had the inclination that it was musical to begin with based on that. Yeah. It like something okay. happened that makes them sing instead of, you know, acting like normal. Okay. Right. Uh so kinda cool. I get it. Yeah, it would have been cooler to have the whole world be just in song all the time, <laughs> especially with the with the series title, right? Yeah, I'm just, I, I'm just, yeah, I'm just frustrated because they're they're so limited. You know, they only get ten episodes. 
and they're you know they do like do do something in addition to the your show. Don't do it as part of the show. Like right. bu- like Buffy, I think kind of gets away got away with it because um, the whole premise like that I forget what it's called hell hell's mouth or whatever. The Hellmouth, yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, it, you know, you can kind of... It, it's a fantasy series, so you kind of... Made you do weird things, yeah. Yeah. Whereas Star Trek, I don't know, I just feel like it should be treated a little bit more seriously like it used to be, but it's not being treated that way anymore. Well, I think you, it's definitely a different crowd of... but Like, same crowd, same people, like, a lot of the same people, but different age group crowd for sure. Yeah. Right? Like, Star Trek was family-geared right from the beginning. Quote-unquote family-geared. Um, whereas Buffy was aimed towards that, you know, teenage yep. heartthrob kind of thing. Yep. And those who are still watching it are those who watched it then. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's funny that you had mentioned Buffy because I recently, over the past few months, had introduced Buffy the Vampire Slayer to my 10-year-old son, who absolutely loved it. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean he he's into the whole you know horror movie. His his favorite horror movie is Trick or Treat. So like it's yeah, Halloween is this thing weird zombie stuff. His thing. So it was like you know you might like Angel. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, but you can't watch Angel without watching Buffy. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like you know we get we get home from the day and that was what he wanted to do and it, you know it made me kind of relive my childhood a bit because that was my. You know, get home from school and then eat supper and then watch Buffy. That's yeah, just kind of how it was, right? So yeah, and I mean that's a, nice. That, yeah, Buffy's a great show. It really, it yeah. really was. Um, I admittedly I haven't seen it all. Um, I I did do like a rewatch sometime in the two thousands. Like I I bought all all the DVDs and was rewatching it and then never finished it, but. So in and around that angel time, it, it was after that because my 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 goal was to get through Buffy and then watch Angel. But then they all showed up on streaming, so then I didn't have to right. watch it. But then yeah. all this other stuff was on streaming, and I got sidetracked. <laughs> but it happens. But anyway, um, yeah. So I was just gonna say, yeah, writers and yeah, it's <laughs> they do some weird things sometimes. I I, I don't even yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah. <laughs> just leave it at that. <laughs> Writers but, are a weird group. <laughs> but, but hopefully, hopefully the strike does come to an end. Like you know, like I do agree. Like Netflix and Disney Plus, like they should be honest with when you're doing business. Like, but mm-hmm. I but I know Disney, like they're really grasping for a lifeline right now. Like they're hurting so bad. Um. But anyway, uh, Kev, uh, Kev or uh, Alexa, did you guys have any more geek news? Well, here, hang on, because I got got to jump in. Sure, Um, yeah, yeah. And and you and Alexa, I'm going to have to just have a notebook next to me if Alexa's going to be on here. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Tell, tell you what, whenever, if you add me on Facebook, I'll DM the stuff to you. Okay. Because <laughs> obviously, obviously I can't link it. Yes. <laughs> um, all right. So to go back through our many points there. Um, one, uh, the musical episode, Once More with Feeling of Buffy Vampire Slayer, 
is not only one of, if not the best episode of that series, it is one of the best episodes of TV ever. Whoa, I don't know if I'd go that far. I really liked it, again, because I love musicals. That was, you know, kind of, especially musical t- like that go along with TV shows that I love. That was great to see. But would I say it's the best ever? How no. about if, if TV Guide was doing a top 50 or top 100 episodes of TV of all time, I would expect that episode to be on there. Yeah, it would probably be in the like 40, 50 range, but it would definitely uh, yeah, be saying, on there. I'm not yes. saying, yeah, I'm not saying like five or ten. Yeah, no, it was it was really good. It was one of the better ones of that entire series. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, Buffy did get away with stuff, and so did Angel. There's a whole episode where Angel's a freaking puppet. Right, like, exactly. Got away with stuff. Um, now, why do you do musical ones in TV, or why do you do odd stuff? Sometimes it's just people are having fun. Hey, we've done multiple seasons. What if we did something different? Exactly. See how well, the audience reacts. Yep, but there's also frequently there are people in charge of at the networks that override the writers for things, and they're like, hey, here's what we want. Okay, but that doesn't make sense in the show. I don't care. I'm your boss. You're putting it in there. Mm-hmm. Most infamous example is Kevin Smith being told to put in the giant spider in his Superman movie. Mm-hmm. You know, like, why? Why? Because the producer wants a spider. That's why. So you just shut up and you do it. So there would frequently be stuff for TV writers that's like, oh, we want this in there. Why? Because that producer wants it. Because someone in charge of CBS or Fox wants it. Yeah. Because someone, sure. someone that makes a ton of money's kid is into that. So they're like, we'll throw it in there. And the writers are like, all right, we'll figure it out. We'll, you know, we'll do what we're told and then we'll give you this thing. Hopefully we get away with something else later on that we want to do. Um, the writing... So the writer's strike was already happening. The actor's strike, just their union, it just happened to come up a month or two later. They usually don't come up at the same time, but the renewal for their deal, which is like every X number of years, it just coincidentally this year, it was at the same time. Um, And there's a director's strike too, but the directors cut a side deal and they kept going. So they're not on strike. Um, when the writers and the actors deals came up before they were asking about streaming and they were told, don't worry about it. Uh. Like five years, seven years ago, whatever it was, they're mm-hmm. like, don't worry about it. It'll be fine. We'll pay you just the same. You won't see anything changing. And right now, one of the things the writers and the actors are fighting about is AI, which right. the studio said, well, AA is not a thing yet. Don't worry about it. And they're like, no, screw you, because in five years it's going to be. Mm-hmm. So we're well, it already gonna... is. Yeah, they're like, we're not going to get screwed over for five years until this contract comes up again. We're going to figure this out now. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the things that the studios came to them, and they're like, okay, main actors, we won't use AI. Anyone other than a main actor, though, we want them to come in one day, film a bunch of footage so we have it, say a bunch of words so we have it we'll pay you for the day and then you go home and we have the rights to use your image and your words in perpetuity and not pay you mm-hmm. screw you yeah and That's i think they're right in saying screw you on that one yep yep a lot of, like are there writers that make a ton of money and actors make a ton of money yeah but there's also ones that are like hey i have to live in either la or new york even if my show films in vancouver or wherever else our writers mm-hmm. are in la or new york yeah. So I have to afford to live there if I want yeah. this job. 
all right, so let's say I wrote an episode of Seinfeld and it's repeated continuously and I'm credited as the sole writer. And depending on the writer's room, sometimes it's like, okay, you wrote on the show all season long, but you only actually get writing credit for like two episodes of the season or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, some they, they break it all apart. Someone gets to write it. They bring their back to the finished group. Everyone has their fingers in on it. But ultimately, you only credit one or two writers per episode, even though there might be like 20 in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, I wrote an episode of Seinfeld. It's replayed like before the local news in, you know, 500 markets across North America alone, you know, and um, there's DVD rights and there's this, that, the other thing. All right. So I wrote that episode 20 years ago and I got a check of $20,000 because of it being repeated and I'm the one that wrote it. Awesome. Well, now that same episode is on. I don't know, whoever has Seinfeld, let's say HBO Max. I don't know who has that. Let's just say HBO Max. Okay, they don't share their numbers. So that same episode that I got used to getting twenty thousand dollars mm-hmm. for, I now got twenty bucks. Yeah. Okay. We'll look at now, um discovering this through like my cousins, my nieces, nephews, um, kids, kids in air quotes that I work with at Barnes and Noble. A lot of them are rewatching Friends now. Friends is on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. And some of them are on like their third viewing all the way through. This is just what they put on for like background comfort thing. Kind of like us growing up watching Golden Girls in, yep. in yes. constant repeat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're doing it with Friends. But they're watching on HBO Max. So Friends is being viewed thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, if not millions of times. None of them are getting more money. Granted, those actors are famous, but none of those writers are getting a penny more because mm-hmm. it's on streaming and they don't release their numbers. So if you wrote an episode of Friends that you were used to getting enough money per year, per quarter, whatever, that you could like pay your rent in L.A., mm-hmm. now you got none of it. So they're like, hey, can you just pay us the same deal that we got when it was on TV? Yeah. It's all we want. The same deal we had on TV. So if you have a million people watch it, here's how much we get. If you only have a thousand people watch it, then here's how much we get that is lesser. You know Can what? We... This, just to just to chime in here, it really sounds like this is kind of you know that Bill C eighteen and the and the news stations. <laughs> same idea you know where the where the news stations are the actors and the and the bill is the or the the social media platforms are the streaming services right Mm -hmm. yep all comes down to kind of the same thing yeah and and your your studios are being real assholes about it too one studio exec was caught um i i can't remember what company or whatever but he was caught saying we'll just starve them out Mm mm-hmm yeah. Eventually, eventually they'll sign whatever deal we put in front of them because they're not working. They have no money. Um, there's one spot that it had like this beautiful tree that provided shade for them to strike and pick it in L.A. and yeah. they cut down the freaking tree. Yeah. Oh, Just see, three. I did hear something about that, and they weren't allowed to cut down the tree. Wasn't you talking about it before? It, I think it made, so. Yeah. Yeah. It just it so yeah. pisses me off. <laughs> not oh, that for I'm sure. Involved in it at all, but you know, I'm like, so like, what the hell? Yeah. So, and it's like, I mean, I, I, over the last couple of years, for reasons, um, I haven't been able to write as much as I want to and as much as my goals, mm-hmm. but like, 
I've always wanted to write something that I know strangers would love and enjoy. Mm-hmm. And, and if I get really lucky, would live beyond me. And then, so I see all these people that like, that's just what they want to do. Hey, maybe I wrote one episode of a TV show that, and that TV show will live beyond me. So something I created is out there in the world. And that's all I wanted to do was have that success. And then, okay, I made that. And now can I just get paid for other, can I get paid if other people are making money off of it? We're at Siegel and Schuster for DC at that level. Hey, Mm -hmm. DC gave them $500 for Superman. I mean, they got paid. Yeah, but it's freaking Superman. And they should be getting royalties based off of that. They should have royalties. Yeah. And the yes. only reason they they got nothing for decades, the only reason they got anything was when the Christopher Reeve movie came out, they got such bad press, they're like, shit, maybe we should do something about this. Yeah. But they didn't, they didn't care otherwise. They just didn't want bad press. Well, yeah. and I think at this point, the streaming companies don't care whether they get bad press or not. Their numbers, we clearly know people are watching streaming services before anything else. Mm-hmm. I got one on in the background right now. It <laughs> it's usually, muted. I just want always to have something on. <laughs> yeah. Especially because I'm not a I'm not a reader, right? I am a visual learner, hands on learner. So for me to read something, even and I I don't read well. It gives me headaches, and it's has yeah, it's just not good. Um, unless I'm I'll, I will read to learn, and that is it. Um, I am not uh, a person who reads, so for me to always have something on in the background is what I usually usually have, because then I can listen, right, and still be in tune with something. So the subtitles aren't on, is what you're saying? Well, it depends on what language I'm listening to it in. <laughs> but I usually, I, I mean, I'm a crafter, I knit, I crochet, and I can't read a book at the same time as knitting and crocheting and don't even get me started on audiobooks because mm. <laughs> that's a whole other argument that I'll have another day. Um, but it's, it's not the same, right? Yeah. Cause if I'm listening to an audiobook, I might as well be watching a movie. Yeah. It's, it's just my, my take on it. Yeah. Um, but streaming services is what, is what I use all the time. Like I said, I haven't had cable TV in, at like 22 years now so it's you know i was probably i I know i was one of the first people that i know of to have netflix and i have i know a lot of people and i've never canceled my netflix subscription ever yeah me either going for for that long right yeah um and you know i have disney plus i have what else do i have amazon of course because you know amazon prime Mm -hmm. i've got uh, I don't even know. I've, I've, I've got them all, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and would I ever go back from that? Nope. Nope, I won't. Because I will still, you know, I'll still buy the odd DVD or Blu-ray when it comes out if it's something that I really, really like. Or, you know, something I was really looking forward to. But other than that, the streaming services is where it's at for me. Yeah. It's just easier. Um... Like, it's, getting back to the whole strike conversation, um, yeah, like, I, I, like I'm, hopefully I didn't sound like I was, I was peeing on the writers. Like, I, you know, I definitely want them to have a fair deal. Same with the actors. Um, 
and definitely in my in my humble opinion i do think you know the streaming providers are the are the bad guys in the situation um but at the same time they're the ones taking the risks too so but i mean you know fair's fair you know you got you know if you're going to pay royalties for you know your content in one medium you got to pay it in the in the new medium and that that being streaming um and, and you know i remember like i saw a picture not too long ago of harlan ellison uh i think it was the twin 2008 writer strike and he was out there picketing with them um you know he's one of my favorite writers props to harlan ellison um but the, the, I, I don't know. I just don't have sympathy with some writers. Like I, like Harlan Ellison, I have all the respect in the world. You know, he was a hardworking man, a great writer. Like he, he wrote every day. Like he worked very hard to make writing his livelihood. Um, and in the beginning, it wasn't his livelihood. Like he had to work odd jobs and then write in his downtime before he became, you know, famous. Um, so all props to him and writers like him, but I don't have sympathy for some writers when you put out a mediocre, mediocre product. Um, and to be honest with you, I don't know. I just find there's a lot of TV nowadays and movies and stuff that's just mediocre, you know, like there's not, you know, nothing at really original anymore. Like that's why we're getting, uh, innovated with, um, these movies like Barbie, you know, we got all these sequels We're you know, bringing back all these old properties because nobody's got any originality anymore. And it just, I, I I'm just hoping you know, maybe out of the strike, we'll maybe get some sort of renaissance, you know, like we'll get some new material, some new content. We'll stop revisiting, um, you know, old stuff, you know, like I just, I just feel like in the last 10 years or so, like we've gotten really stagnant when it comes to writing and originality and I, you know, I, for me, I just have a hard time being sympathetic to the plight of of some of the writers that are involved in this. Like, I just, you know, I'm tired of seeing, you know, Disney doing live action of their classic animated stuff. Like, what? where's the originality? I'm not tired of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Give me more. <laughs> uh, but, but, don't, but, I'm... but don't you miss, like, you know, the original stuff, like, you know, something new that comes out. I like, do. This is awesome, you know? I I do. And I think, you know, we're starting to get a little bit of that again, but not at the same caliber as what we were before. And I think it's because those same, you know, higher ups, the decision makers are the ones who are, you know, getting the ideas from the writers and saying, nope, that's not going to work. Nope, that's not going to work. And not taking a chance on anything anymore. Yeah, that's part of it. Yes, absolutely. Right, because there's there's how many different independent writers that are sending in their, you know, their screenwritings to all these different places, and they're saying nope, 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 right away. And it's like you know, one of those is probably gold. 
-hmm. And it's just going to have to go to the right place and the right person see it and say, you know what, let's try that. And I'm so surprised by all of these streaming services that they're not doing that. Mm -hmm. Because they don't have to pay these independent, independent writers as much as what they would have, you know, all these writers who have already been contracted from places within Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And they'll get new, fresh ideas and, you know, try it out. Yeah, you may, you don't even have to, you know, make a full production of it. You don't have to spend an exuberant amount of money on it like you already are, especially places like Netflix where they have their own production stuff already. It's like, you know, what, what do you really have to lose? You know, a few hundred thousand dollars maybe a couple million and if it flops well cool then you know you you tried it but if it doesn't and it takes off Mm -hmm. that's something that's all new and i think that's one of the reasons why we're seeing so many um you know pilot episodes or we're seeing only one season of of tv series come out of netflix right now for their netflix originals right yeah they just decide okay that's enough that's it yeah because their ratings weren't as good as something that, you know, had a writer out of Hollywood, so to say. But at the same time, it, you know, with so much that's out there already, so like the, the the streaming services, the movies, the TV stuff, it's oversaturated. It really is. Now that everything is available to everyone at any time, mm-hmm. that makes it really difficult for new stuff to come out and actually get the ratings that it deserves right off the hop. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's definitely part of the problem. Um. So the kind of, I don't know, this is kind of related. A, qu- a quick tangent. Um, we never do that. No. Um, but uh, I was actually talking about my with my wife about this, I don't know, this a while ago. Because um, we, we were talking about uh, Connor McDavid, who, if people don't know, he's uh, an NHL player. He's the be- currently the best NHL player. He's amazing talent. You, you, you know, even my wife, who's not a hockey fan, when when she watches a game with me, uh, because I'm an Oilers fan, he plays for the Edmonton Oilers, and even she's like, he's really good. Like when she sees him make an awesome play, I'm like, yeah, he's amazing. Um, but it makes you wonder, like, how much untapped potential there is in the world that we never uncover. Uh, like, you know, I'll use Connor McDavid as an example. So what I'm, what I'm talking about is like Connor McDavid, like his, his parents put him in hockey. He, he, you know, got, you know, he played, uh, as a kid, you know, um, junior hockey or whatever, he, you know, he, he honed his skills. He, um, his parents were able to afford the equipment, you know, send him to, to hockey camps, all that kind of stuff. And now we have this amazing player. I wonder what, what is there? There's probably a a kid out there the same age, maybe, or, you know, maybe even right now, um, who could be just as good as Connor McDavid, maybe even better, but we'll never know it because his parents could never afford to send him to hockey. So he never became that person. And it makes you wonder like, you know, like, you know, actors, writers, you know, like how much, how many great ideas that people have that just never see the light of day because of the circumstances they're born to or that they find themselves in. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's, you know, it's crazy. Like, you know, like we, we look at people like Connor McDavid and like uh, Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, 
you know, these icons of their sports. Uh, but they all got, they all grew up playing these sports. They got to, you know, participate and, and hone their skills. But there's, you know, kids out there that never got that same opportunity that would have been just as good, if not better, had they had those opportunities. Makes you wonder, like, how many, how many Mozarts we have out there that just will never know because they just, the circumstances never were there for them. Or the access, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, sorry yep. about that tangent. It's kind of depressing, but, you know, I don't know. It just well, make, makes me think, you know, like, for every, you know, Da Vinci or Mozart or Beethoven or Shakespeare, you know, Stan Lee, you know, whoever you want to, you know, these icons that we all revere, you know, how many, you know, millions never saw the light of day because, of, you know, their circumstances. Well, that's, uh, I mean, you'll, you'll make your, you'll hurt your head if you think about it too hard. I know it's crazy. And, it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately it's just, you know, we have people that have certain means and have an advantage, mm -hmm. you know, and un uh, extra unfortunate. Some of them are born on third and think they hit a triple. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, you didn't get there. You didn't get third on your own hard work. You were already there because of your parents' hard work or your grandparents or whoever put you here to start with you did jack shit and you were already further ahead than other people yeah but then you have ones that's like you try but you can only try for so hard you can only have the door slammed on you so much you can only have bad things happen so much you can only go so far in whatever your dream your creator is before you're like should i just give up or did i not even have the chance to try to give up, mm -hmm. you know, um, there the most amazing guitarist in the world could be in some small town near us, but like they're too scared to fly. So they never left and never, yeah. you know, like got a bigger audience or joined a band or whatever, you know? Um, I, I mean, just, uh, depression or anxiety reasons or financial reasons. Like there's so many where people are like, I can create this and I can make it, but I can't get it outside of my home or my town or my whatever mm -hmm. for, for a ton of reasons. There's um, when uh, pre having a kid and having more free time, mm -hmm. um, there was a comic that uh, I got introduced to online and myself and the creators would go back and forth. And they were both in Australia. And I'm like, oh, my God, I really like this comic. So anytime there was a new issue out, I would promote it on all of my stuff. And I shared everything. And I did all sorts of positive reviews. And we would go back and forth. I'm like, here's what I really liked. And here's why I liked it and all. And then, like, six years ago, just crickets. Something happened in one of their lives and said, we'll be back soon. And that was now, like, six years ago. Yeah. Life and happens. I, yep. And I don't. It's not like I had their phone numbers in Australia or anything like that. Like, I have no way to get in contact with these people. I don't know how to find them. I don't know how to do anything. And I'm like, but you created something that I loved. And you're gone. And I'm like, does anyone else know that this was something good? What could it have been? And that's just one example in in indie comics. Like, you go across every version of creation and art. Now there's millions of people. Shit, in a way, I think that any of us that want to talk into a mic or type something up on a blog or, or whatever, 
are the same in a way. Like, hey, maybe yep. one day I'll be noticed and can make this into something. But, boy, life has a way of pushing it down and making you feel like, why are you even trying? You're stupid for trying. Yeah. And putting all these obstacles up. Um, I, I, I actually, I just saw an article earlier today in a magazine. Um, this year is considered the 50th anniversary of hip-hop being created. Yeah, I've seen that, yeah. Talk, talk about an entire, not just music, but way of life Mm-hmm. That root is, we have no way out of this situation. But maybe if I try harder than anyone else, I can get out of it and create something. Yeah. Well. Yeah, one of the, I think one of the reasons what got me thinking about this is um, there's these two sisters. They're called the Command Sisters. Um. Like, my my mom was or she organized this event in our in our town. Um, I can't remember what it was for, but she had seen these two girls uh, perform, like because they do like guitars and and singing and stuff um, at a different event. So she she booked them to appear at this event, and and they were amazing. Like they were very talented. Um, they were like back then they were young they were like i don't know like 12 and 13 or something like that um and the, and you know they were selling their own cd right like of, of their music at the event so i remember when i bought their cd because i thought they were so talented i actually got them to autograph it and they and they thought it was hilarious they laughed and and i said no this is gonna be worth money someday so anyway, I've been following their their career ever since, and they moved to Toronto. They were they have been making had been making music. Uh, they were featured in like a lot different festivals. I know they were at the Calgary Stampede last year. Um, they were making the circuits, and then yeah, like I think the last time they posted anything to their Facebook was like September last year, and I haven't heard anything from them or seen anything. I just wonder, like, oh, man, I wonder what happened. You know, like, they were, you know, doing so well. And it was just amazing to see these two little girls grow up to, you know, be, uh, you know, uh, these amazing artists. You know, and they moved to Toronto and, and, and they were making videos and and selling their music. And then, yeah, they just, I don't know, something must have happened. And, and now they've been... You know, I haven't seen anything out of, out of them from, like, their social medias in almost a year. Um, so I just wonder, like, you know, what, what happened? And then it got me thinking, you know, like, you know, other people, like all these untapped talents that, you know, never got a chance and, you know, not, you know, would have been amazing. But... Anywho, sorry for uh, bringing bringing down the podcast. Well, uh, but at the same time, I think there's more opportunities for people like that now with YouTube oh, and yeah. TikTok. And, you know, like there's a bunch of artists that I've found on TikTok that I, you know, really like. And the only reason I found them is because I was scrolling through TikTok board at home and it was like, oh, hey, I kind of like this. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you click on their name and then you go through the rest. And it's like, oh, hey, I really like this. 
right? Like there's there's quite a few that have made it big because of that. And, you know, it's there's a lot more opportunity that way for a lot more people. So what does it take? A phone, like a video phone and an internet connection? That's yeah. it. A lot of people can go down to their local library and upload it, you know, off the free Wi-Fi there. So I think there's a lot. And same with Amazon books, right? With the Kindle books. You oh, can yeah. self-publish a book yeah. and throw yeah. it in there. So there's a lot more opportunity now than what there was, say, even 10 years ago. Yeah. So I think with that, over the next over the next 10 years, we're going to see a huge shift and a lot of new creativity and a lot of new, you know, rising stars so to say mm -hmm. in all entertainment factors come through yeah that's that yeah that's a really good point um yeah like i i self-published a couple books through amazon myself uh to be honest like i never i don't think any publisher would have bought them so i you know like i was glad that i was able to do that for myself because you know yeah um, still an accomplishment it's yeah. awesome yeah, no, I, uh, you know, like that was on my bucket list. I was able to check that off and happy I did it. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's, you know, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And, and with that being said, you know, like with the, with the opportunities and capabilities that we have now, it just makes you, it makes me astonished to look back at people like Harlan Ellison, like I mentioned, who, didn't have that but yet became famous all the same like he he had to work extra hard to to get to where he was before he passed away same you know same with like stephen king and, and oh, yeah, people lots like of that them. yeah yeah they 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 literally looked failure in the face over and over and over oh yeah until you know at that time someone took a chance and was like hey this could be big because it's different because it's new because it hadn't like a you know style like that hadn't been seen before. Yep. Well, I think like with Stephen King, if I remember, if I remember correctly, I think like when Carrie got rejected, he actually yeah. threw it in the garbage, and it was yeah. his, his wife that fished it out and was like, "No, this oh. is good." Yeah. Um, Again, you know, right? It just takes that one person to believe in you. Sometimes when you yeah. you know when you stop believing in yourself. Yeah. Because everyone gets to that, whether you're a writer or not, you know, like just in general in life, everyone gets to that point where they, you know, say, why am I still doing this? What is, mm -hmm. you know, what's, what's it for? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. the one thing you can never do is stop trying, right? Yeah, exactly. You can take a break from trying, sure. <laughs> but like, don't stop. Yeah. No, that's, that's really good advice. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, I think we can move on to the final segment of tonight's recording, and that is our brain candy segment. So, Alexa, this is the segment where we talk about stuff that we've seen, read, you know, listened to, whatever, and you can make it a picker pan if you want. Um, so if you've had, if you have any this week, by all means, um, uh, do you have anything that, that, uh, that you want to talk about for the segment? Not really. I mean, that, I'm sure I'll chime in on something. I no, think I've talked enough no, lately. That, that, that's okay. <laughs> Not a problem. Um, it yeah. Honestly, it's been a quiet few weeks for me. Like, um, I don't know. Like with it being summer and everything. Like 
usually it seems like that's crazy like now with with my new uh, position at work i get all my weekends off now like it used to be i used to work every second weekend but now that i get my weekends off it seems like i'm always doing something on my weekends so yeah. i just yeah i haven't been really watching anything uh so i'm be- i'm behind on foundation season 2 um i think they got to have like three or four episodes out by now i haven't i've only seen the the first episode of this new season i got to finish jack ryan season 4 and yeah uh but i did rewatch the 1990 uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Uh, nice. Yeah, so, like, yeah. It's th- so good. <laughs> it, 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 it really is. Like, three years ago was the 30th anniversary of it. And I remember watching it during the pandemic. And they did, like, this, this Skype uh, or Zoom call thing with the, with the cast, um, which was which was really cool to watch. Um, but then, I don't know, my, my wife was talking, she's like, you know, we should rewatch that. So we put it on Crave, because Crave had it, but it was like the French version. Oh, um, no. <laughs> so, I mean, I have it on DVD, but I was like, eh, you know, like, I, 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 I don't like physical media anymore. I got, I don't know. If I, if I can stream it, I'll stream it. So I just paid the 10 bucks and bought it off iTunes. Um... So we rewatched that this last weekend, and yeah, it's still my, without a doubt, my favorite Ninja Turtles movie. Ninja Turtles. Totally. And honestly, one of my favorite comic book movies, as well. Like, and I don't know this time around. Like, it, I, I really noticed. Like, it, it's only like an hour and a half, but man, do they, they, like that's a mastercraft in storytelling. Like, that was a well-written movie because in an hour and a half, they conveyed everything they needed to convey. There was no wasted time, no wasted dialogue, and it was all on point. And, you know, it it felt like it, you know, it was like over two hours, but it was only an hour and a half because they managed to hit everything in just the perfect way. And that... you're oh. you're right in that. They crammed a lot of stuff into there. Yeah, and it didn't feel crammed. Like it just no. it just flowed naturally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what a great movie. It it really is. Like I I would I I keep saying this. Like if you're gonna do a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie, do it like you know like then you know like get Jim Henson's company involved. Do you know have people in suits? You could do CGI for some of the ninja stuff now, which I would be okay with. Um, yeah, yeah, I think for, it's advanced enough now. Yeah, like for some of the action sequences, definitely. Yeah. Like it's you know especially with the ninja stuff and and use, using the weapons because they were very limited to what they could do. So they you know they did a lot of jokey things which worked at the time, but you know you kind of notice it now. It's like well. You don't really see Leonardo being awesome with his with his katanas, you know, like, or you know, Michelangelo with his nunchucks jumping up in the air and stuff. But you could totally do that now with CGI. So I would love them to do a, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie um, with the suits, but using CGI for some of the action scenes. I think 
if they if they could redo this movie, I don't know if you should redo it, but you know, if they want to relaunch the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, um, scrap the Michael Bay stuff and yeah, just go back to to what they did with this movie because this is the one that worked and it was amazing. Well, and it was your classic villains, right? It's it was it yep. was the movie that followed the start of the comics. Yep. Right. So, yeah, it's tough to nothing will ever really compare to it because it was the first of its kind. Right. Everything is going to come back in comparison to that original movie. And it's never going to it's never going to surpass it because it's not going to be the same story. Yeah. It's not going to have that same build up to it and excitement before it and or about it, I should say. And yeah, like when they did their their second movie, like you could, it just the studio, yeah, the studio interference was you could see it from a mile away. They're like, no, it's got to be funny, it's got to be lighthearted, you know, it can't be dark, blah blah blah. And it's like, but that's what the charm of the first one. Like, why would you change that? But anyway, I digress. That that first movie's amazing. Definitely a pick. Uh, Definitely worth the rewatch. and yeah, that's basically all I watched over the weekend besides baseball. Uh, so Kev, do you have anything this week for Brain Candy? All right. So uh, my kid and I have now watched all of the live-action Transformers movies, including the new one, Rise of the Beast. Ooh. I am trying to talk him into this weekend watching the original 86 animated one. So then we will have seen all theatrically released Transformers movies. Mm-hmm. Really trying to talk them into it. But so far, we've done all of them. You know, all the live action ones. Yep. Um, now, we watched Bumblebee when it came out, but he doesn't remember. And he was probably just, you know, it was probably on TV and he was running around and playing with toys and bouncing around. Mm-hmm. So it was my second time watching it, his first. Bumblebee's fantastic. Yes. That is by far the best one of all of them. It is also like Bumblebee's more the Transformers movie. Bumblebee is a 1980s movie that just happened to come out in the 2000s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nail like, on the head. I you were totally put, right on that. I would put that with like Monster Squad or Goonies or stuff like that. Um, but, And it, it just fits right in with all of those movies. Love it. What I didn't expect is that if I had to rank my favorites right now, the new one, Rise of the Beast, would be number two. Hmm. What? I did not expect being black in Brooklyn in the 1990s to be what we're doing with the Transformers movie, but oh my god, it worked. Well... Maybe it's just that, again, you know, that new insight thing, right? I, I, it freshened it up. It really freshened it up. The actors are all in for it. Nothing's over-the-top ridiculous, which it got to be with the Michael Bay stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, like, nothing's just like, yeah. what the hell, you yeah. know? Nothing, like, not even believable. Right. Nothing right. was, I, yep, nothing was eye-rolling about it. Yep. Um, they hmm. learned the lessons of Bumblebee of like, hey, instead of having just a bunch of metal punching metal, what if we like had color on these mm-hmm. characters? You know, like here's some yellow and pink and red and like we can tell them apart when they fight. 
Oh, imagine how that makes a better movie. <laughs> um, the soundtrack is nuts. I was losing my mind over it. And it works so well because there's a part with Bumblebee where they pick the absolute perfect song. I'm like, if I was in the theater, I would have embarrassed myself because I would have just been going nuts for this scene. Hmm. Absolutely loved it and was I, I did not see that coming at all. I had so much fun watching it. Um, I think we're kind of well, I don't know. I, I don't want to spoil it. There was a really cool thing at the end. I'm like, if that's where we're going next, I'm all in. Like, I was, I was kind of hoping. Okay, you made a really good movie. Now as good as Bumblebee, but you made you made a good movie, and I was not expecting a good movie. And I don't think you should try ever again. I think you're done. And then they threw a little thing in there at the end. I'm like, damn it! All right, one more. Hmm. One more if you do that. I'll have to check uh, that out. Oh, I was going to say, I also haven't seen the newest one, but you totally just convinced me to watch it. it I it, also loved Bumblebee for that sense, that it, it just drew you in, and you were more there for the story and the what was happening as as compared to, and you painted it perfectly, all of these robots that all look the same. Um, doing their robot thing, right? Doing their robot thing. It's on Paramount now. That's where we watched it. Okay. Um, but oh my god, I loved it far more than I thought I would. Um, and then on the other side, though, so uh, I I write posts to help promote this wrestling podcast, and every week that there's not like a big wrestling show that everyone's watching, they sign each other homework. Like, okay, uh, for next week's show, we're gonna watch like this event from twenty years ago, or. You know, we're going to watch this movie starring The Rock or something like that. It's got to be something wrestling related. Mm-hmm. So this was one of those like direct to DVD asylum terrible movies from a couple of years ago called The Avengers of Justice Farce Wars. Hmm. And the only reason we had to watch it is because Shawn Michaels is in it. Really? Yes. Playing huh. ma- he plays Master Yoga. <laughs> oh my goodness oh no uh, yeah so see um pretty much uh superheroes get like outlawed and sued and stuff like that so they're all kind of retiring and doing other jobs and then the bad guys show up and now you're retired middle-aged superheroes need to save the day however the lead one super bat aka <laughs> Bruce, aka Bruce Kent. Oh my goodness. Is a middle-aged man who hates his job and hates his life and is bored with his family, you know, with his wife and kids, and is just an asshole. But he's supposed to be our hero. And the acting's terrible. The effects are terrible. I paused four times in this hour and a half movie and I'm like, I gotta do something else. <laughs> Like, oh, I, see, I, now I, you make me want to watch it that much more. <laughs> well, good good news. It's available for free on pretty much any free streaming app. So, like, Roku, Tubi, like, it, it's it's out there for free on most of them. Hmm. Um, it's not good at all. I have to write up, I'll probably write up about four pages on it and post it tomorrow before they're, they record their podcast tomorrow night. Um, it's so bad. 
I've already DM'd them. I'm like, this is bad. This is really bad. This is one of the worst things you've ever picked. <laughs> maybe that gives them a lot more to talk about, right? It feels like they have like a like a book club assignment <laughs> in pretty- form of movie, and I like it. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, and speaking of book club, um, other podcasts that I listen to, Comic One, uh, they're rereading Sandman this year. I am reading it for the first time ever. And we are up oh. to uh, volume nine, I believe, The Kindly Ones, which is when everything comes to a head and everything bad happens. Hmm. And I don't know what's happening. I'm four issues in, but I think there's like 11 or 12 collected in this volume. I don't know what's happening, but I know bad stuff is happening. Like this feels <laughs> like this feels like you can see the storm coming from a distance. You're like, oh, this is going to be horrible. Like, and that's where the story's at. It's like everything's spilled, and you're like, people are going to die. People are going to die in the story, and they're going to die real soon, and it's going to hurt, because I've now read 60-something issues of this comic. Yeah. But then, like, what if they don't? Uh, What if if there's, you know, some crazy, strange turn of events that happens that, you know, all the people that you think are going to die don't? Well, and, and that was a question on the podcast. They're like, okay, because the, for them, it's like their third or fifth time reading it. For me, it's my first time. So they're asking their listeners, they're like, for anyone who's reading it for the first time, do you know what's coming? And I wrote to them, like, I don't know what's coming. Now, are there clues? Could I have figured this out if I reread this after? Am I going to be like, oh, everything was right here and I didn't pick up on it? Yeah, probably. But that's not how I'm reading this right now. Like, some people read a mystery and they try to figure it out before the reveal. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that for this read. I just want to enjoy what's actually on the page and be surprised when things happen. Oh. Like, I know it's probably there. I know if I reread it, I'll be like, oh, my God, there are so many clues I missed. Mm-hmm. But I'm not looking for the clues. I'm not reading for the clues right now. I just want to enjoy the story. And when stuff happens, go, oh, my God, that was so cool. But it's going to hurt. This, this, book, <laughs> this book has hurt me all year long. There are times I was happy. There's times I was sad. There's times it made me ask questions about what I think. There are times that it shined a very uh, uncomfortable mirror, and I didn't want to think about the questions it was bringing up. Like, there's a reason why this book is up there. Mm-hmm. Excellent. <laughs> all right. Um I think we can call this a podcast, but before we go, let's play that little game of where we can find you on the internet. Um, For me, you can check out my blog, randomnerdness.blogspot.com. We will not have a new episode next week. Uh, I'm taking a week off. Uh, So my plans are this weekend, I'm finally going to see the new Indiana Jones movie. Nice. I, I haven't seen it yet. I know what happens, but, you know, I, I'm. it's coming to my local, so I want to support my local, so I'm going to go watch it. Um, I'm going to a Blue Rodeo concert uh, Ooh, next week. nice. Yeah. Kev, have you ever heard of Blue Rodeo? No, I have no idea what this is. Okay. It, oh, it, see, there's your homework task. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're, they're a Canadian rock band. Um, okay. Yeah, they're one of my favorite. They're one of my favorite bands. Um, but yeah, they're they're pretty famous in Canada. Um, they're coming to Edmonton next or this Tuesday, I guess. So I'm gonna go see them. 
So it's it's basically the only concert I'm going to this year. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. And then I want to see Oppenheimer at some point in the theater. So I might go see that next week sometime. So that's that's my plans. And uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, Alexa, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me sometimes <laughs> on twitch.tv forward slash Rexarula. That's R-E-X-X-A-R-O-O-L-A. Excellent. Yeah, when when I was trying to, because for those who don't know, we record on Skype. Uh, I kept ty- typing Alexa, and I'm like, her name's not coming up. It's but not I know, coming up. But no. I know she's my friend on <laughs> But yeah, it's Rexarula. Yipper. Yep. Uh, so Kevin, where can we find you, sir? All right. Well, hopefully even more, um, my, my reasons for doing less are getting better, but you can find my social medias at mask library. And like I was hinting at, hopefully more of my writing soon on masklibrary.com. Excellent. Um, all right. Well, on behalf of myself, Chris Lockhart, my co-host, Kevin Decent, and our special guest, Alexa, I want to thank you, dear listener, for taking time to listen to Geek Follow Reloaded. <laughs>